After COVID-19 brought the world to a screeching halt, teachers and students of all ages were forced to go digital. For the next 30 minutes, we're going to be talking about all of the newest technologies and strategies that educators are using to help close the gap between the physical classroom and the virtual classroom. So stay tuned for news, exclusive interviews, and more right here on Virtually Educated, WPCZ, LPFM, Demarest. In Georgia, sports are legion. Athletes are legendary. And the voices that painted the pictures are timeless. Larry Munson. We just stepped on their face with a hobnail. Steve Holman. Dominique Wilkins has become the all-time Hawk scoring leader. Ernie Johnson Sr. Ron Gann has done it again. Skip Carey. The Atlanta Braves are National League champions again. Al Serraldo. West Durham. 10-5. And since the beginning, we've brought it all to you instantly. We're America's broadcasters and the great radio stations of Georgia. This year, radio turns 100 years young, and we're just getting started. Coming to a device near you, the very best is yet to come. For more info on the centennial of radio in America, visit gab.org slash radio 100. This message brought to you with pride by member stations of the Georgia Association of Broadcasters. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Virtually Educated right here on Z98.7 FM, the student voice of Piedmont College. I'm Savannah Richards, and I'm really excited for our show today because so far throughout the course of the show, I've talked a whole lot about what's gone wrong or, you know, how COVID has really hurt us and how it's harmed us and made our lives more difficult. But today I'm going to turn it around a little bit and talk about where we're going heading forward. So COVID-19, as we all know, has been around for over a year now, and we are finally starting to see a whole lot of progress moving in the direction of heading back in the direction of, I'm going to say 2019. Uh, I got my COVID shot today. I'm officially vaccinated. I know that a lot of other people in Georgia are <laughs> officially vaccinated. As of right now, according to the numbers by AJC, uh, in Georgia, about 78% of citizens have had at least their first COVID shot, and that number is rising by the day. Uh, as of, I believe, yesterday, COVID vaccinations have opened up to people of all ages over 16 uh, in Georgia, not just the people who are at high risk or people who are above a certain age range. Uh, we are finally starting to see the mass majority of the population getting the opportunity to go be vaccinated if they so choose. I know that I'm not going to talk too much about vaccinations specifically because that seems to be a lot more um, of a medical discussion uh, than I am qualified at all to, to discuss. But I will say that just as kind of a personal testament, I got the Pfizer two-shot vaccination and I have not seen any side effects thus far. Um, I'm feeling really good about it. I know that my entire family at this point has gotten the vaccine and the most side effect that any of them have seen so far is my mother who is diabetic. Uh, she had a little bit of a, a fuzzy head situation for the first 10 minutes after she got the shot. And I don't want to spend too much time on this because it's not really what the show's about. But while we're discussing vaccinations and moving forward uh, towards a little bit more normalcy. Uh, I just want to walk through a little bit of what the process was like for me 
Once again, I have no medical expertise at all, (laughs) at all. All I can do is tell you that from my personal experience, this is how it worked. The process was super easy. I went online and made an appointment at my closest vaccination site, which for me was the Gwinnett Place Mall site right off of Pleasant Hill Road heading towards Atlanta. And I showed up to the site at my appointment time. Actually, I got there 15 minutes early and then I waited in my car until it was my time went out, got in line. The whole waiting in line process took maybe short of five, 10 minutes. And then they took my name. That was that simple. They found me in the computer, sent me on the line. And then from there, it's just this really easy, clean cut process of going to each different checkpoint they have set up. So the first thing I did was go and meet with one of the people who took my name and my insurance card and my license and got all of my personal information and made sure that I wasn't going to be at risk for any kind of reaction. We went through all those questions. And then from there, we went ahead and moved me over to my actual shot, Uh, went and met with a nurse, and she was super nice, very patient. She explained how the process would go, uh, signs that I should look out for in the next few days um, for any kind of, you know, side effects, things like that. She made sure that I was not going to be at risk for any kind of major allergic reaction, And once all of that had been cleared, she gave me my shot, whole process, maybe 15 minutes to get my information checked and then get my shot. And then from there, I'm sent forward into, well, we are separated out into either two categories. The first category is someone who may be at risk for some kind of reaction. You go into a rating room and are under kind of observation for 30 minutes to make sure that no reactions are surfacing. And for me, since I wasn't at risk of any kind of allergy-based reaction, I went and waited for 15 minutes. Uh, The whole process took under 30 minutes. It it really wasn't that bad. And so just a little bit out of your day, you get vaccinated, and now I am a lot more comfortable going out in public and doing things that I need to do. I'm a lot more comfortable here being on campus. It's just altogether a better deal for me. Uh, which also plays into what is being talked about with school systems right now. Uh, Students need a safe learning environment, and you can't truly have a safe learning environment if there is that little voice in the back of your head that's worried about catching a potentially deadly disease. And so as we are seeing a lot more of these vaccinations come out, we're able to kind of move past that fear a little bit and start reintegrating our students into schools, which is why today for our show, I'm going to be spending a little bit of time going through Georgia's path to recovery for K-12 schools, which is posted by the Georgia Department of Education. Uh, It is a really easy document to go find. It's a full PDF presentation that they've posted for any parents or any students who want to learn more about this process and how it's going to go. Super easy to find and look through. And I'm just going to kind of hit some of the high points over the course of this show. I'm also super excited uh, to interview Toy Watson, who is another student here at Piedmont. She is a non-traditional student who has a three-year-old son. And we're going to talk a little bit about her experiences with school and COVID and her son uh, nearing an age where he's going to be in classes. And I'm really looking forward to letting you guys hear some more of her voice on the station because I think we're going to be hearing a lot more of it coming up in the next rest of the semester. So stay tuned for that.
Hey Lauren, did you miss the live performance of Carousel? Well now, you can stream it online. Join the theater department for the streaming weekend of Rogers and Hammerstein's Carousel, March 20th through the 21st. The streaming version of Piedmont College's live production will be available all day Saturday and Sunday for you to enjoy from the comfort of your couch. Watch as many times as you'd like and invite your friends to watch with you. Order your tickets from PiedmontLines.com. What's up, Lions? This is Will Sargent, here to bring you the latest news around Piedmont College. Seniors, remember that Friday is the last day to order your cap, gown, and regalia for graduation. You should have been sent an email, if you have not done so, by the registrar's office. That gives you a link so you can fill out the form and get the form done before Friday, March 26th. Keeping it with graduation, graduating seniors should also have received an email for a chance to get a special yard sign to commemorate their special accomplishment with the new Piedmont University logo on it. Speaking of Piedmont University, if you didn't know, this is the last semester as Piedmont College, and this upcoming graduation in May will be the first class of Piedmont University. So come out to the CAF on April 9th for U Day. You will have a chance to be one of the first people to see Piedmont's new logo. There will also be giveaways and raffle prizes. So come out and celebrate Piedmont in a special way on April 9th. You do not want to miss this. Student Government Association Officer and Senator applications are due on Friday. Would you like to work with administration to ensure that the students' voices at Piedmont are heard? If that sounds like something you are interested in, follow the application link on the Living Like a Lion newsletter or email sga at piedmont.edu for more information. What's up, Lions? Welcome back to Virtually Educated. This is Savannah Richards, and I'm here in the studio today with another radio student. I'm here today with freshman mass communication student, uh, Toy Watson. How are you doing today? I am doing really well. Thank you for asking. I'm so glad. I know it's a bit of a rainy day outside, but making the best of it. Uh, so I just wanted to ask you a little bit about what it's been like so far this semester for you, being both a commuter and a non-traditional student and dealing with all of the craziness that's been going on in the education world anyway with COVID. Uh, how, is it, how has it been? Well, uh, not to add to my list of excuses, but I'm also a mom of a three-year-old. So, oh, wow. <laughs> so I just wanted to add that in there. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's been pretty hectic. Uh, in an odd sort of way, I enjoy the challenges, if you will. Uh, but it's definitely been challenging. Uh, one, uh, you know, just all the COVID stuff that we've had to do, which, you know, last semester as well. But in addition to that, uh, I do have a little over an hour commute each way. I'm here oh, wow. five days a week. And we've just finished midterms, so I was here pretty late on some days, and we've got projects due, so I'm here a little later uh, than I typically would be. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think I'm handling it pretty well. <laughs> From what I've seen, I think you're <laughs> handling it very well. Well, thank you. Um, but yeah, so how long, if you don't mind me asking, how long has it been since you've been in school full-time? Oh, wow. It's been a really long time, and not to be too vague, mm -hmm. but vague enough. Uh, yeah. I'm old enough to be your mom, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's probably been since you were born mm -hmm. <laughs> that I've been in school. <laughs> wow. I mean, maybe maybe not quite that long, but. <laughs> probably not quite that long. But, um, yeah, so coming back, did you have to do any online classes this year, any hybrid classes? I did not do any hybrid classes. Mm -hmm. uh, I will let you in on a small, well, not really a secret, but a small <laughs> thing. So I applied to Piedmont uh, 
actually a year before that I was accepted and I was not accepted. And the reason I wasn't, I'm just oversharing. Uh, The reason I wasn't is because I did not do well as a high school student, Mm -hmm. not because I didn't have the capability, but I didn't have the focus. And so I want to say I admire students like yourself that are much younger than me that are already focused so early because mm-hmm. I, especially you, I see what you do. I think you're going to go really far. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. But that being said, uh, I did go to North Georgia Technical College mm-hmm. uh, for a semester okay, and yeah. earned a 4.0 to show that I didn't have bad grades because I couldn't learn. Uh, I was just, you know, lack of better words, lazy when I was younger and mm-hmm. focused on the wrong things. And so once I did that, I came back and then was accepted. So um I'm really excited about that, and I'm glad to be here. I'm so glad you're here, and (laughs) it's incredible to me that you chose to come back and start all of this again. I mean, that's why I didn't take a gap year, because I know that me as a student, I would not have been able to convince myself to come back and do all this again. Well, (laughs) college sucks. (laughs) It's hard. Just on the the gap year, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I I, I admire you, Savannah, and uh, and it's good you didn't take a gap year, not because I think you would be one to come right back and and finish. Uh, You've got that determination, but Hmm. uh, I think you'll be proud of how far you've gone and how young you are once you get in the field. Your level of professionalism, I think, Mm -hmm. um, I don't think you realize it yet, but I think it's going to really take you far, so... Anyway, I know this well, interview you. is not about you, but... I really appreciate that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and I do, I want to turn it around and, and talk to you a little bit more about your personal life, if you don't mind. Sure. You said you have a three-year-old? I do. His name is Liam, uh, and uh, some people that see him call him Baby Thor. He has a lot uh-huh. of hair. It's curly like yours. A mm-hmm. um, little blonder, but it's got a little bit of red in it. And uh, yeah, he's a mess, a handful. <laughs> Aren't most three-year-olds, though? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think they probably are. <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, this is just kind of a, asking you as a perspective of a mom, and mm-hmm. I know that your son is really young, mm-hmm. so this isn't really something that you've had to spend a whole lot of time thinking about right now, but uh, could you imagine sending your son down the road, uh, four or five years old, into a, a school situation where he's entirely at home with you or with daycare, or with some kind of caregiver, uh, doing school on a computer? Uh, you know, it's interesting. Uh I would probably, and and I realize, um, you know, there's a lot going on with COVID and everything, but I'll be honest with you, I would be the parent that would send him to school. (laughs) And I don't, I don't not care for my son, Mm -hmm. uh, but I feel like you also have to, and I think you did a show about the mental health. Yeah, uh, uh I've talked about it. Yeah, so I think that um, mental health is very important to me, and I think not only my son's, but mine as well, and... um, I think that when you weigh the outcomes based on, uh, you know, the issues with COVID and then how it's affecting younger people with mental health and and having no real social outlet and all these different things, I would have opted to send him to school if that's um, an option. Yeah. Uh, But I think that if I did not have that option, he would do just fine. Uh, I'm very uh, meticulous in my parenting as far as teaching. And so Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a firm believer in, you know, he's learning his ABCs and his numbers from me. So he goes to daycare right now while I'm in school and uh, he knows those things already. And so for me, that that's my goal to always keep him at least one step ahead. Uh, So I don't think he'd suffer. Oh, Oh, well, thank you. 
Uh, yeah, and, and I, when I say that, I don't mean he knows his ABCs all together, but he's yeah. learning them. He can't write or anything. I mean, he can count to 14, I think, oh. is his number. Mm-hmm. He mixes up 13, 14, and makes up numbers after that. <laughs> but he's got the gist of it, and, uh, you know, he still has a year and a half before, you know, pre-K. So, mm-hmm. um, But as a mom, he would not uh, miss out as far as education, but the social aspect I would be concerned about. Yeah, and that's something that a lot of people have talked about. Um, I have a sister who's 15, and there was a whole conversation earlier this year with my parents about whether or not to risk sending her back in person mm-hmm. because a lot of different students got that choice. And she uh, she did end up staying at home. Yeah. But, I mean, I can't imagine what it would be like as a parent to have to make that choice and decide whether or not you're going to potentially – risk your kid's health, depending on how, where people are at, uh, in how fearful they are of COVID-19 at Mm -hmm. this point, um, or whether you're going to prioritize, like you said, the social aspect, because that's something that's super important in a kid's development is getting a chance to be a kid and socialize and be in school. So, and on that note, I would say, uh, so regardless of a choice a parent would make, it's mm-hmm. the parent's choice. And so I would never uh, knock the parent that said, I'm keeping my child home. That's their prerogative. And, right. and I'm, I'm sure that a parent that makes that choice is going to do the things, or I would hope so, that they would need to do to keep their child safe and smart and mm-hmm. engaged and, you know, mental, mentally healthy. So if a, ch- if a parent makes that choice, that's their choice for their child. And so not to, you know, jump on my stance or anything with that, but, that's, you know. Yeah. My personal choice may not match someone else's, but I completely respect that, you know. Mm -hmm. So that's been something that's been discussed a little bit at a federal level is whether or not that should be mandated that students either stay in person or at home. Uh, Is your thoughts pretty consistent on that? Government should let the parents make the choice? So one of my things that I shy away from Mm -hmm. uh, typically is politics okay so yeah I'm not a you know I, I will say now I'm more than happy to share my politics they're just probably not going to align with a lot of people and mm-hmm. so when it comes to that sort of thing first of all I'm not a scientist I'm not a doctor right so I don't feel educated enough to make that sort of decision but all I can do is hope that the people that are are making the decisions for the right reasons and that's where I can leave it so right uh I completely respect everyone's stance on how they feel for their personal health regarding COVID. But for me personally, I will follow all rules. But then when I'm home, I probably won't have my mask on. When I take my son to the park, I probably won't have my mask Mm -hmm. on. Mind you, I don't have him there when there's like 20 kids and they're not in each other's face. But so my personal restrictions are probably more lax than what uh, guidelines are for for public facilities. Mm -hmm. Um, But... I also recognize and respect rules. And so I'm going to follow those, you know. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's pretty much the best we can all ask for at this point, at this point in the game. <laughs> yeah. Now, I know that Georgia did uh, recently, uh, or CDC, I'm sorry, CDC recently did say that kids can be, or students can be three feet apart now mm-hmm. instead yeah, of six. I I so that. that's some improvement, you know. Yeah, little, little baby steps. Yeah. Reaching. Yeah towards a more normal time, whatever that's going to end up looking like. Right, whatever our new normal is, yes. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day and sure. coming in here and interviewing with me. Uh, once again, this has been freshman mass communications major Toy Watson. So excited. If you want to hear their show. So we are the 12 o'clock variety show on it Friday. So be sure to tune in tomorrow to hear that. Once again, thank you for joining us here on Z98.7 FM, the student voice of Piedmont College. I'm Savannah Richards.
What's up, Lions? Welcome back to Virtually Educated here on Z98.7 FM, the student voice of Piedmont College, soon to be Piedmont University. Uh, Today, we're going to focus a little bit on Georgia schools specifically, and even more specifically, Georgia's path to recovery for K-12 schools. Now, this is a document, a little presentation of the plan that the Georgia Department of Education has come up with for dealing with the spread of COVID-19. And so early on, whenever this plan was developed, um, they split off the plan into three separate groups. Uh, The first group being substantial spread, second being minimal or moderate spread, which is about where we are now, and then the third being low to no spread. So this is organizing what part of the plans are being implemented based on the level of the community spread. So how dangerous is COVID-19 right now? How much is the risk of it being spread to students in schools? Uh, And of course, substantial spread, that was way back uh, around last March, whenever it was still new and there was no kind of counteractivity and we didn't know as much about it. And so we didn't know how to protect ourselves. Uh, That was our substantial spread. And of course, then we went to all distance or remote learning, all digital learning in many cases. And then now, almost a year later, where we are is minimal or moderate, moving into low to no spread. So earlier in the show, I talked a little bit about the COVID vaccine and getting that out. A mass majority of Georgia now, over 50%, I think we're at 78%, have at least had their first shot, their first vaccine Um, I got mine from Pfizer, but Pfizer and Moderna are often given together. Those are your two shot vaccines. And then there's also the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, which I believe is a one shot vaccine. I believe that it's actually been proven that the Moderna and Pfizer shots, which are your MRA shots, uh, they have proven to be more effective against fighting COVID-19. It has a higher rate of protection. Um, But either way, no matter what vaccine you go with, these vaccines are out. They are now available in Georgia to anyone over the age of 16. Um, My poor sister missed it by a year, so she's going to have to wait a little bit longer. But because of this, because we are getting everyone vaccinated and everyone has had some time to adjust to wearing masks and doing what we need to do for protection purposes, we are finally creeping into that low to no spread zone And the instructional model listed in Georgia's path to recovery for K-12 schools for the low to no spread zone is traditional learning. So traditional learning is in-person instruction. It's it's where we were at and where we've kind of always been at. Um, And so that's where we're moving into. Uh, School buildings will be open. We're implementing, of course, preventative practices and additional proactive processes to quote exactly from the plan. Uh, And that's a phrase that we're going to hear a lot throughout this plan is implement preventative practices because that's really what's going on here. So just to kind of summarize real quick, I'm going to get a little bit more in detail here in a second. But the general idea here is we're sending students coming up this next year back into school full time uh, with some exceptions. Uh, Parents will still be able to choose to keep their students in an online format if they wish, but it won't be as widely available. And I believe that there is also not going to be done per school. 
so whenever I say that, I mean that if I were a student who chose to stay at home and learn, I might not only be taught by teachers who go to my school. It will be more of a county-wide uh, collective pool of teachers who will be teaching the classes for all online. And that doesn't necessarily apply to every school district and county. That's just uh, most of what I've heard right now. So going off of that, for students who do want to stay in school, that's kind of where I'm going to be at today. A lot of what is going to be implemented are those preventative measures, which include reinforcing good hygiene, which is included in hand washing, uh, you know, cover your mouth, be polite. A lot of the rules that we should have all known before COVID-19 hit. Um, be kind and courteous to your neighbor. If you have to sneeze, cover your sneeze, you know, leave the room to blow your nose, things like that. These are these are going to be heavily enforced to students going back into school. Another one of those preventative measures, one that we are all more than familiar with now, is to wear a mask. Where A lot of school systems have been promoting wearing masks heavily, and that is not going to change just because of the vaccines, as far as I know at this point in the game. Um, and then another thing that has been talked about a lot whenever it comes to safety and how are we going to safely allow students to gather in schools uh, is this hallway time. Because it, the hallway in especially like middle school and high school is infamous for being shoulder to shoulder traffic of students walking and talking and yelling. And it's it's chaos. And it's kind of hard to have chaos like that going on and not spread diseases. That's why anytime a disease breaks out in high school, it goes pretty far, regardless of whether or not we're talking about COVID, just the flu in general. Uh, different flus and bugs have been known to shut entire high schools down predating COVID, and this is this is no different. So whenever it comes to hallways and cafeterias and areas like this where you really don't have as much control over social distancing, a lot of what is being done according to the Georgia plan is making sure that there is a stricter schedule for cleaning the hallways and cleaning areas where lots of gatherings will be or cleaning surfaces that will be used often. So that's your lunch tables, your desks, things like that. All of these surfaces that are that are traffic spots are going to be cleaned a lot more frequently and with a lot more intensity to try and prevent further spread of COVID-19. And a lot of this I know seems like a hassle and it is going to be a hassle but it's done in efforts to keep kids in school and give kids that in-person instruction that can be so personalized. And I've talked a lot about digital learning, and I am, I am a fan of what has been done so far with digital learning. I think that it was a great tool that gave us the opportunity to continue teaching students and not let students get behind. I don't think by any way, shape, or form that digital learning should be the only version implemented in public schools. I don't think that should be the new norm at all. Um, I know that I have never had the desire to do all online classes and I still don't. I just think that a lot of digital media tools that have been discovered to be useful through all of this can still be used. Uh, for instance, look at snow days. I know that snow days in Gwinnett a little while ago, Gwinnett is my home county, 
uh, snow days in Gwinnett became less of a day off and more of a, a at your own pace work day through programs like E-Class or through programs like Canvas. Uh, so you can still keep the things that we've learned and discovered over the past year and still move forward into a overall more rounded uh, version of education. And so that's kind of what we're looking at right now. Um, if you want to read more about this plan or if you have a more vested interest and want to see what are some other more specific items that they mention that are going to be implemented or, or rules or strategies, um, they even list some research. The easiest way to do that is go to either Google and search Georgia's Path to Recovery for K-12 schools, or if you go on to the Georgia Department of Education website, uh, it is right there, one of the first things that pop up. And this is just something that is super handy for anyone, whether you're a student, a teacher, a parent, um, really, really helpful to know going forward. And it might also be something for college students to look at in that a lot of what we do here on college campuses is kind of mirroring what is being done in public school or public schools, um, like the mask wearing and the cleaning that has been instituted. It's a lot of it goes hand in hand. So if you want to check that out, go right on ahead. Right now we're going to have a short break, so stay tuned. From heading home to going to the country. Georgia music from the soul of Georgia's musicians has always been the soundtrack to our lives. And Georgia radio has been right there with you wherever you go for almost a century. In the quiet times. It's time to get up and let the good times roll. Thank you for tuning in to Virtually Educated. If you enjoyed today's show, be sure to tune in again next Thursday at 4 p.m. for another 30 minutes of exclusive talk and interviews right here on Zeke 98.7 FM.